Hello, and welcome to the Interesting World of Sports podcast on the Hopewell Valley Student Publications Network, where students come together to publish content to share with the world. The opinions expressed in this episode are ours. Please enjoy the show. Yo, I want to make a meal so I can change and act strange. Get a Andre 3000 wig with some bangs. I'll hang and bang your frame like the Predator do. Turn in your album, kid. I'm the editor, dude. I'm taking out you, your producer, and your crew. Hey, yo, that's why they hate you. I'm a spit in your food. If you're listening, Mr. Guys, I did all of it. Mr. Guys, if you're listening as well, I edited everything. I took all the notes and did all the research. I edited the whole last episode with transitions. I did one of the transitions, so I did 5% of the editing. I told him he didn't need to do that. (laughs) I wanted to do it anyway to improve Dylan's work. Alright, future self, if you're listening to this, this is where you edit out, alright? When I'm going to clap, we're going to stop talking, and then that's where you edit out, alright? Thank you. Now, let's talk about the game and the fight. While players in West... I think the MLB made the right choice by doing this because I said MLB, didn't I? He earned NBA All-Defensive First... What? He earned NBA All-Defensive First Team Honors 7... What? He earned NBA... It's like an award. It's an award. All right. Joe Namath was born on May 31, 1943, in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, just 30 minutes north of Pittsburgh, and grew up in a lower-end neighborhood. Both his parents were of his... Namath told reporters that he actually wanted to sign with the Pirates and play baseball like his idol, Robert Clement, but chose football because his mother wanted him to get a college education. Roberto Clemente. What did I say? Robert Clement. (laughs) Now it's time. Oh, my Lord. Once again, I'm Dylan Yasher. And I'm Connor Bacha. And thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you have a good rest of your day. Yeah, sure. Once again, I'm Connor Bacha. And I'm Dylan Yasher. And we thank you for listening to our podcast. Have a great rest of your day. button do I press? Between 1787 and 1805, and varying interceptions of the law led the governments of Ohio and Michigan to both claim jurisdiction 
over a 468-square-mile region along the border known as the Toledo Strip. Uh, interpretations. With the Wolverines posting a 34-0 victory over Ohio State. And the teams Wait, had- we already said this. And the Buckeyes won the following two contests as well, bringing the series record to 13-3-2. The Buckeyes had some catching up to do. One of the more formidable... Ah! That's extremely impressive that they were even able to kick a field goal in those weather conditions. They were literally shoveling snow off the field. And they won without even getting a first down. It was that game was a complete, just terrible. I mean, can you imagine? It's hard to do anything in the snow. Can you imagine trying to run a football in the snow? I mean, this was like a recent game that was played between the Buffalo Bills and New England Patriots a week or two ago, and Mac Jones of the Patriots completed two passes the entire game. It obviously wasn't as severe as this game you just talked about in 1950, but it shows that you don't need to pass to win. You just need to. What am I saying? <laughs> you don't need to pass to win, but you know it helps a lot. Okay, I'm just I'm just gonna put that one out there for all uh, our fans out there. You don't need to pass to win. It just really helps up. your chances. Okay, uh, Connor. What should I say? This shows. Michigan surprisingly led 14-0 at the end of the first quarter, but Ohio State was able to even it out at 14-14 before halftime. Michigan's offense was limited to six points in the second half. <laughs> I just said that like, like I was British. Half. Second half. Michigan's offense was limited to six points in the second half, and Ohio scored 17, winning the game 13-20. The victory was the Buckeyes' sixth win in six years under head coach Urban Meyer, who was recently fired by the Jaguars. And JT Barrett, which was Ohio State's starting quarterback, recorded four wins in four years as a starting quarterback, the first Ohio State QB to do so. Until this game, Ohio State had never come back and won against Michigan, once down 14 points or more. What team is JT Barrett on now? JT Bear, I believe he's. Flo- I think he was on the Colts recently, but I believe he's been floating around the NFL. He's a free agent. Wow. That just shows that you don't need to pass to win a football game. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar Jackson's a QB. He doesn't pass. He just runs. <laughs> yeah, and he's out with a broken ankle. All right, all right. And the Ravens your, decided to pick up eight more quarterbacks finish, that finish can your, run because they can't throw a football. They so they up. just decided to get the fastest running backs and just direct snap it to them and have them run. Do your job. Throw the football. Oh, look, Lamar Jackson, another rush. Do your job. You're a quarterback, not a running back. All right, now finish your segment. During the mid-2000s, ESPN aired several commercials describing certain situations that would be normal if it wasn't for sports. One commercial... Commercial. (laughs) Now, let's... 
Jeez, my voice is so messed Can up. I say that? Because then you talk about... Yeah, yeah. Now let's talk about... So rather than take a knee and go into overtime, Alabama went for the win. I mean, most people would do this. But they were to attempt a 57-yard field goal, which is tough for NFL kickers. So now imagine a college football kicker doing that in front of this big of a crowd. Just before the kick, Auburn took a timeout. Auburn's defensive coordinator doubted Alabama would make the long field goal and suggested that the defense backstand in the end zone with the potential to return a massive... What? It's a defensive back is like a position, not defensive. That it, backstand. That the defensive back... All right. Alabama lined up once again to attempt the kick. The kick was up. It was on target. And I just scrolled all the way down my page. <laughs> all right. Davis ran all the way down the sideline with one man to bleat. To bleat. I mean, it's it's a it's electric in there, and the announcer does a great job of really projecting this moment uh, with some pretty pretty notable quotes that he says. So it's a if you have the time, I would look it up. It's a pretty interesting thing to watch. When you go into editing, delete some of that. It goes stupid. <coughs> yeah, we can always fix it. All right, we got like two minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about the most patriotic game in college football history, Army-Navy. The Army-Navy game is an American college football rivalry between the armor... <laughs> so random. Right, just go, 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 go. The rivalry between... Jeez. The rivalry between Annapolis and West Point, while friendly, is intense. The phrases beat Navy and beat Arby. Arby. Arby, <laughs> we have the meats. <laughs> that was a good one. For sandwiches. The phrase. <laughs> the f- <laughs> Don't say it. We actually have to go. The phrase. Arby's, <laughs> we have the meat. For sandwiches. Bum, ba da bum, 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 bum. <laughs> the phrase is beat Navy and beat Arby. <laughs> Arby's, we have the meats. <laughs> I think we should leave that in there. <laughs> Arby's, we have. Imagine just listening to this and you hear someone accidentally say, <laughs> beat Arby. <laughs> and his partner goes, Arby's. <laughs> All right, go, go, go. All right. The phrase is beat Navy and beat Army are in terror. What the heck? Interrogated. <laughs> Arby's. We have the meats. All right, actually, stop. All right, let's try this again. <clears throat> Welcome to the Interesting World of Sports podcast. 
I'm ah. I always do this because it's the hardest I feel like part. I can't hear you. Something's. Nah, I, I'm here. We're good. Okay. Now let's talk about the 1997 Stanley Cup Finals. Detroit would face the Philadelphia Flyers in the finals. Want to re-say that? In the cup. You want to re-say that? Why? You said the Detroit faced the Philadelphia Flyers in the finals. All right. Well, we already said 1997, so I'm just going to say Detroit would face the Flyers in the cup. In the Stanley Cup Finals. In the cup. In the Stanley Cup Finals. In the cup. We got to sound Canadian. <laughs> I'm saying this then. Detroit faced the Philadelphia Flyers in the cup. Bro, no one knows what the cup is, Connor. You got to remember who this podcast is for. It's for people that don't know sports. Say Stanley Cup Finals. I swear okay, to God. Okay. But you just said 1997 Stanley Cup Finals. So just say it again. No, only say it once. Say it, it again. No, trust me. It'll sound better. Trust. Say it in the finals. Say finals in then. In the cup finals. We no. Gotta, we got to say cup. Don't say cup. Nobody knows what the cup is referring to. What do you, we have to say cup. We have to s- sound like we really know what we're talking about. We don't. <laughs> All right, fine, fine, fine. Detroit faced the Philadelphia Flyers in the 97 Stanley Cup Finals. All right, so I'll just I'll say this part, and then you say the last two. Okay? Yep. All right, how do you say his name one more time? Kuznetsnov. Kuznetsnov? Kuznetsnov. Kuznetsnov? Kuznetsnov. Kuznetsnov? Kuznetsnov. 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 You're too much tongue. Kuznetsnov. 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 Can I say, what's his name, Vladdy? Yes, you can say Vladdy. Vladdy, Vladdy. <laughs> Let's go to the All blooper right. reel. Vladdy suffered severe head injuries and was in a coma even longer. Oh my gosh, what is this guy's name? Mits- I just make them up sometimes. All right, you say, the, you say the first sentence. Yes. I'll say after that. All right. It's probably a good idea.